Welcome, baseball fans. It's time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined once again by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you? Good, sir? Oh, I feel like an all-star. Yeah, it's the all-star game today. Uh, hoping it's not going to get rained out. Yeah, I am too. You know, they will play it tomorrow if it gets rained out. That's true. For tomorrow is the saddest day in all of sports. There's nothing the but availability. <laughs> oh, there is the SPs, and that's usually uh, inspirational. So, so let me ask you right off the bat: Did you watch the home run derby? Yes, you did. Yes, I did too. Your thoughts? Uh, best home run derby in many, many years. I have never really liked the home run derby. Uh, I, I know. I this. mean, at the very beginning, actually, I loved. The old home run derbies when I was young, where they would just pit one player against the next. Uh, we didn't have this like uh, you know mass exposure to uh, baseball that we do today. And uh, anytime you could see a particular star, it was like great. And this was a show during the off season where these players like you'd have Harmon Killebrew hitting against Roy Seavers or. Um, Eddie Matthews against uh, Mickey Mantle or something. And the it was a pyramid-type structure, and the eventual winner would win like five grand or something. It wasn't like a lot of money. they get like, uh, I don't remember all of this, but it was like $200 to win a particular episode. And then they would uh, sit there and just have home run derbies. Those were great. Yeah. Uh, hey, but, back in that era, $5,000 was a lot of money. Right. Yeah, but so. still uh, – well, they don't do it for money now because they couldn't give these guys enough. Yeah, uh, this is true. But uh, just sit and watch these players take pitch after pitch after pitch. That was... That it was just, awful. Yeah, I was watching paint dry. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I do think that the marketing gods were just totally on the side of baseball with Todd Frazier. Oh, yeah, you know they're gonna have to ensure that every year that there's the hometown kid that's you know coming up and hitting and and then looking ahead who's personable and makes everybody laugh and everybody right. loves them. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, well, one can dream. Although, like in the in the years upcoming, 2016, we're at Petco Park, uh, Jed Jerko maybe. <laughs> um, but then 2017, the Marlins. So Giancarlo, if he's healthy, and then in 2018, the Nationals. So. You know, that, do you know uh, an interesting stat I've heard? Even what there, there are like twenty people or twenty-five people on this year's All-Star team that are under twenty-five years old. But Brian Harper is for the third year in a row the youngest player on the All-Star team. Right, Bryce. Bryce Harper. Uh, yeah, yeah Bryce so Harper would not be no the youngest. He, he he would not be. Um, I I was really just impressed that you know baseball got it right with this new format. Um, you know, I was a little weary at first, but I, there were some people on social media that were hating on Todd, the Todd father, which I love by the way, or smoking Todd Frazier that he was uh, getting the next pitch before the previous one had landed. Right. I, whatever on that. I love that it was going so fast that ESPN couldn't cut back quick enough. Well, one of the things I, Again, if you, you want to attribute this to the baseball gods, they were afraid of the oncoming weather. And so they reduced it to, what, 40 seconds from a minute? Uh, the uh, or, Oh, the timeout? Yeah. 
Or right, I mean, yeah. they they reduced, uh, or no, they reduced it to they had four minutes instead of six minutes. Or, uh, oh, instead of five. five all right, That's instead right. of five. Yeah. And, That's true. But after four minutes, these guys were gassed. Yeah, you know, so uh, they just lucked into that. But it, you know, if they if they had had an extra uh, minute, it wouldn't have amounted to much anyway. Yeah, that's true, and and really, yeah, that that was a fortunate thing. Um, I mean, you know, how Frazier would always go second. I don't know who planned that, but um, yeah. it, it seemed like that that was the big, the, you know, interesting thing moving forward to see how they then tweak this. But you know, flip a coin, or do you get to choose if you go first or second? Because seem to to make a difference um okay so the great debate has been going for a couple years that those who participate in the home run derby their swing is shot for the second half do you fear that happening for any of the participants from last night you think jock peterson suddenly can't figure out how to how to you know not swing for the fences um no yeah i don't buy that no um, I mean that can't, I was wasn't it Abreu that they said that about you know Abreu came out of nowhere and won it one year or 2005 came, yeah, yeah and uh and he didn't hit any home runs the rest of the season but he never hit that many to begin with he just did really well and I'd have to go back and look it up I I remember that in particular I I can't remember who else but that was a concern for the last yeah, couple of years I, so I don't buy it Yeah I mean you know Cano he won it recently. He didn't have everybody problem, that's so. played baseball has hit fungos and screwed around and swung from the other side and taking batting practice, trying to hit certain things. No, yeah. these guys are professional ball players. A home run hitting contest is not going to screw them up. You know, if they pulled an oblique muscle or something like this, you know, but yeah. And then plus they get an extra day now to rest. So before they have to play real baseball again, quote unquote. All right. So here we are. We're at the all-star game is tonight. Weather permitting uh, still. That's uh that'll be interesting. By the time people have heard this, it'll be done, but whatever. Um, what are your thoughts on the first half of the season versus our fabulous preseason predictions? Preseason, just that preseason. Things could still be realized. I still think, the Mariners are going to be a better team than they are. I think the White Sox will be a better team than they have been. Um, I, I shoot. After all, LaRoche is always a completely second half hitter. Yeah. And they've looked uh, a lot better recently in particular. Uh, I had no idea. The twins are the biggest surprise team to me. Uh, the, uh, and, and hearing Dozier sing the pray, you know, so much of this, the twins seem to be Paul Molitor. Uh, hard to deny that. Um, the uh, I have been very pleased with the Braves. Uh, it, it's too bad we won't be able to trade Jason Grilly now. Uh, oh God, that was painful. Uh, oh well, I mean, and and I really like the guy, and I was hoping you know this revitalized season that he had would be rewarded by him going to a contender and in exchange the Braves would get something back you know it, it looked great and uh, really uh, yeah you hate to bad. see yeah you hate to see anybody get that type of injury but it just seemed just particularly cruel considering how great of a player he has become in the last few years great guy everybody loves him and yeah he would have been a very valuable chip come the deadline right so um, 
The you know I I have uh, it's been a very fun season. There's so many good young players. I can't keep up with them all. I mean, you were saying is this the year of the pitcher? And I, I uh, still think it's a secular thing. And right now we have a whole lot of young pitchers, but they are all over the place. And it is fun to watch them. And it is fun to see the Jock Petersons and uh, this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what are you? Uh... <laughs> Um, what, what, what's your Marlins beachfront property worth right now? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, I, I don't, you know, I, I tell you it, one thing though. Well, go ahead. It's, it, it's, you need to, you need to answer for this. Yeah, it's um, going to be hard for me to ever believe in the Marlins. Uh, you know, they, it's just going to be hard for me to believe in it. And I hope, I really hope, uh, Stanton is not as injury prone as he now somewhat appears to be yeah i mean uh uh, uh, taking a a ball to the chin is completely outside of his control but these other things it's uh it's it's not good foreshadowing um but we do have fernandez now yeah um, and uh already he's been exciting to watch in his first two starts back so so there is that i i could never count on the marlins for anything ever ever i'm i'm with you on that if they win it's going to come out of nowhere like they the you know, like in 2003, or they'll, they'll have to have bought the whole deck like they did in 97. But I just, yeah, I would not predict them uh, going into a season. The, uh, our national league pick though is really coming on and how great is it to see this, but the pirates. Oh, I, you gotta love the pirates. Yeah. You gotta love them. You do. I, I heard an interesting thing. Um, and I thought this and then Buster only said it. So I'd like to say that again. I thought this first. And then Buster stole my thought. But that if you were going to build a baseball team from scratch, what is the most valuable building block uh, player that's out there? He says Andrew McCutcheon. I could not agree more. How do, how do you think about that? Oh, I think there are a lot of people. I love Andrew McCutcheon. I think there are a lot of people on whom you could build a team. And if I'm starting right now, I would have to – how old is McCutcheon now? 26 um, I'd have to look it up, but he's in a, He is in his mid twenties. I'm, I'm before you say anything about that. I want to say that uh, I, you know, I do some volunteer work for a particular, um, what would you call it, uh, philanthropic uh, organization, sure. uh, a charity organization, and the uh, I was privy to the fact that a particular Pittsburgh pirate recently anonymously donated $500,000 to this particular charity and did this with a complete anonymity. So I'm not going to say anything praising him because he intended it to be anonymous. Uh, And so it will be. And the only reason I know it's not because I've worked for this charity. Uh, But it certainly, it is, that singular fact is something that makes me, uh, again, all the more supportive of the Pirates. I, I think they're just a tremendously fun team to watch right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, McCutcheon is indeed 28 years old. So, okay. he's, so, so I, I don't know that I would build a team on a 28-year-old. Uh, if you're asking yeah. me right now if I, a, a first building piece, it would be hard not to say Bryce Harper or uh, what's his name on the Angels? Uh, uh, I'll have uh, the Mike Trout, please. Uh, yeah, Mike, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, waiter? Not, not the Pujols. No, no, we will not. We will not be doing that. That is a dead weight coming up soon. 
so let's uh, let's let's talk for a second of the first half. What is your most memorable moment from the first half of this regular season? And this is a loaded question. I'll get to my answer, but you first. Moment, uh, moment, I, image, I, or the uh, probably the image that I will remember the most from this half is that guy leaning into the slider of uh, Scherzer and stopping the perfect game. Yeah. That would be, I mean, just the image that I, I see in my head. Uh, that's probably it. Yeah. And that was, uh, that that game was against the Pirates. Pedro uh, Alvarez leaned yeah, into that yeah. pitch. So there's a knock against the Pirates. Um, yeah, that game in particular, and really watching Scherzer pitch now is the true alpha of his uh, staff is been probably one of the more memorable things to come out of the first half setting up the second half. But for me, it's easy. It's the empty stadium game. Uh, oh yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It was just, it's, well, biz- we shouldn't say cool, but uh, right. Yeah. Bizarre yeah, yeah. to say the least, but I went back and watched that the other day and it's just, you know, I mean, it's most memorable because that has never happened before. The circumstances that created it are just, you know, almost too fantastic. Um, but I was really kind of impressed watching it a second time that the players had such a sense of humor about it to, you know, at a time where we needed some right. levity around this situation in Baltimore, you know, they're waving and signing fake autographs and, you know, tossing, tossing the third out into the stands with no one sitting there. But, you know, you'll never see something like that ever again. Hopefully, actually, hopefully we'll never have to see something like that ever again. So tonight is the All-Star Game. Um, this is our 14th year now where home field uh, in the World Series is decided by the outcome of this exhibition game. How do you feel about this in year 14? Uh, I'm real indifferent. I mean, the All-Star Game shouldn't mean anything. It's an All-Star Game. But home field really doesn't mean as much in baseball as it does in the other team sports. And I know it's almost sacrilege to say this, but I, I heard Joe Torrey today say, you know, I really didn't care that much about home field. I had Mariano Rivera. I, you know, we could have been playing in Egypt, you know. It's uh, so painful because it was us that they did that to well, a couple yeah, times. But it was true. It, it was, was true. true. I yeah. mean, uh, and the uh, home field doesn't make as much of a difference. It means your home fans get to see one extra game. Uh, that's what it means, you know, that there's one more opportunity for your city to go to a postseason game. Uh, but it, in terms of winning and losing, it, it's the percentages uh, are, are nothing like it is in football and basketball and hockey. Um, now, that said, if you think of the way the World Series was determined, uh, where the World Series was determined before uh, the All Star Game. It was just alternating. Yeah, the most what? bizarre. Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't make any sense. You might as well flip a coin. That yeah. would make. You know, so it wasn't like they replaced a great system with one that was. <laughs> you know, no. Uh, the uh, all right. So it counts. Uh, now there is more accountability for the way pitchers are used. Uh, it is not imperative to get everyone in the game. They don't feel that anymore. Uh, so it's better. But I, I'm not one of these. I'm not strong 
I, I don't strongly believe it either way. I, I also believe the All-Star Game is for kids. I really do think it is for kids. And you, uh, I will never, I, I still think you should have uh, a player from every team represented uh, as large as that makes teams now. But because, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to see, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to see what Braves were represented. You know, I would stay up late at night to watch Daryl Evans pinch hit, you know. Uh, yeah, the, sure. Uh, what what changes would you make if you had if you had the commissioner's direct ear um or if you were the commissioner i could have said it that way um what if any changes would you make to improve it like uh, in the voting in particular would you change the voting all right first of all uh i want the, uh fans to be involved uh in the voting uh but i want all star the all star game to be all star week uh, and if you had four days off uh, before the game and three days after the game, then pitching somebody wouldn't be an issue. Uh, Max Scherzer would be able to pitch, even though he pitched on Sunday. Uh, Sonny I, Gray, for that matter. The Right, right. Uh, but I understand they're not pitched now. Again, you wouldn't pitch them three innings like they used to do. Uh, that would be, first of all, uh, I think they could ha- there could be more skills opportunities. I think there could be the opportunity, as we've said, to have uh, more younger, uh, like an international league game and maybe a double A game the night before, you know. And uh, the, I mean, the, the Futures game is already kind of like single A. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I do believe that something that might really energize the all-star game is to make it international players versus American players. Uh, and, uh, and and I'm not the first to say that, but that would certainly energize a, a lot of players. Uh, it might kind of increase xenophobia or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> It, uh, I see that there being more positive results than negative right. from that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to hold that as an extreme outlier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, but good of you for being mindful. You know, I the, appreciate uh, it. Now they talk about the length of the season, and already we're encroaching upon the World Series going to November. Um, you're not going to cut. You're not going to shorten the length of the season. It's not going to happen. Economic reasons are not, and revenue reasons are not going to allow that to happen. Uh, the same problems we were talking, I think, last time about uh, having scheduled double headers. Uh, but and you can't lengthen it. But you could perhaps start it a little bit earlier. Spring training does not need to be as long as it is. And if you start the season a week earlier. Uh, you would have to scheduling would have to be mindful of it and not schedule games in Colorado and Chicago uh, in February uh, and more in southern cities and dome cities would have to get more than their share of early season games. Uh, this could be made up to them by allowing them uh, to have Memorial Day games and Labor Day games and things of this nature later in the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be worked out in an equitable fashion. I think baseball would benefit uh, in a lot of ways just by having a week off in the middle of the season. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're so close to it already. I mean, um, again, I didn't realize that this had happened, but there's no 
baseball until Friday this week. So, oh, this is uh, it's now a rule that yeah. I mean, it, it used to be that clubs were uh, deciding not to play on that Thursday or requesting not to play, but now it is a it's a rule. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. I don't see any problem with having the game played on Thursday and pushing it back another couple of days. Yeah. I, I mean, it, especially if you're talking about taking away like that la- last week of spring training as a trade-off, you know, yeah. the the players now across the board are just so over it when it comes to that last week. They're like, when, <laughs> you know, who do I have to kill to get out of Florida and get back right. to, you know, playing real baseball? Or Arizona. So, yeah. Or Arizona, right, exactly. Um, I, I would agree with that entirely. I, I, you know, talking about this, the game itself, quote-unquote, counting I don't understand why baseball has not considered the uh, best record gets the home field. Um, And I've heard, you know, just in general. So if you've got American League champ, NL champ, whichever one has the best record gets home field. I don't know why that has never become a thing at any point. It might be a good thing to research. But, you know, with interleague, um, it's so watered down. You know, we've talked about this before, but interleague has taken away the pride of American League versus National League. You know, and in 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 these, you know, you look at when Pete Rose took out, forget the catcher Ray Fossey, yeah, at home plate. Why? Because he wanted, you know, well, that's who he was. But National League, he wanted to be better than the American League. Um so I feel like that's not going to come back. But like, how is it that if the interleague is so emphasized now that like the interleague record determines who gets home field and, you know, I don't know, I'm not offering any sort of better solution, but I, I, I agree that the making the game count towards home field in the world series has made it more watchable, more interesting and avoided the catastrophe of 2002 in Milwaukee. But as soon as you step away from it, I think most baseball people go, well, that's really silly, you know, or that's really stupid. Um, it's like they enjoy it in the moment, but it, it seems kind of like a shrug your head or shake your head, shrug your shoulders solution. So, um, but I don't know. You've seen more all-star games than me. Um, that's just science. What, what, what was your favorite part of the all-star game as a kid? Uh, watching my team's players, yeah. watching, uh, seeing the, uh, the players that I admire the most. I'll tell you, for a while in the early 70s, it was uh, always a concern of mine that, I mean, your three outfielders for the National League were always the same. It was uh, Henry and uh, Mays and Clemente. And it always bothered me that Aaron was the one that had to play out of position. Uh, (laughs) Now, eh, I know. I realize now that Clemente. I mean, and I, I realized it then that Clemente was the best defensive right fielder, or the better defensive right fielder. Uh, but it was it, it bothered me when I, I wanted people to recognize Bad Henry for as good as he was. Uh, it was the three of them always seemed to bat one, two, and three in the order in one fashion or another, which I also thought you know. Uh, was interesting what what a team that would have been which at one time they they were all drafted by the giant organization at one time they could have all been giants um wow the uh there's a fun fact yeah uh but the um Seaver was also drafted by the Braves at one time uh 
That hurts. That yeah. hurts my feelings. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, as a kid, it was all about the stars and stuff. I mean, uh, as I grew up, I uh, started to pay attention to how many Hall of Famers were playing when and on what years. You know, like you look at all. I think we were talking earlier. The last one in Atlanta had like twenty five all stars or twenty five uh, Hall of Famers on that. The uh, seventy-two. They did play two thousand. Oh was yeah, that, yeah. Was I'm that the Ted? Yeah. But yeah. you're talking about seventy-two, Two, yeah. Right. And the old stadium. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and uh, and and there may have been uh, a year where there were more Hall of Famers, and yet more. I mean, they're all. It, it's a growing number because there are more and more players being put on the All Star team. Uh, sure. So, um, I mean, now what? What is the roster like? 240 you know it's uh <laughs> yeah 33 takes, i think 34 it's an hour to introduce everybody on the field right yeah that that part there's a good change right there can we get the introductions a little bit uh swifter do we no, have to? no 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 because as a kid you wanted to see your player run onto the field see That's whose true. hands he slapped and everything else i mean this is a kid's game that's yeah. true. What about, I mean, you know, they had a DJ on the field for the home run derby last night. How do you feel about those kind of modern amenities? No, I don't care. No? I don't care. I mean, the I band think that, that plays beforehand? I think they should have other skill contests. They should have outfielders trying to throw it into loops and things. Yeah, and, uh, I, I agree. The, the, uh, they're, I like the way hockey does that. Yeah, I saw something online today on Twitter, I think. I, I don't know who to give credit to, so my apologies. But that it, there should be a National League pitchers versus American League pitchers dodgeball game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might have been Urban Santana. I'd have to look that up. But that, I think that's brilliant. Um, I, I can't imagine being in a dodgeball game where Randy Johnson was zoning in on me. That That would be scary. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I would cower. I would just go ahead and throw my hands up and surrender. I'm in instant fetal position. <laughs> Which might actually be worse because then you're a non-moving target. Doesn't matter. It's not going to hit my face. Yeah. It's your face from here to Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that though, that would be... There's not, See, you just hit on something. What if there was like a, a cardboard, like, like a hit the bull competition and, you know, they have to hit the face and then the body and then the, maybe that would encourage beanball a little too much, but I think that would be fun. Um, at the very least a speed competition who can go, who can go first to third, you know, sure. You know, you have trout versus Hamilton versus, uh, who's the other big speedster out there right now? D Gordon, um, People pulling muscles left and right. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't well, care. I would. I, w- I would care actually. That that'd be too bad. Um, I'll tell you one thing that would be fun is to see Gerard Dyson just to just make a whole thing around him. His arm is a true cannon. Um, uh, who do you think has the best out? If you're going to do an outfield competition trying to hit loops, who who's got the best arm right now? Well, I couldn't tell you. I'd have to really think about that some. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, um, there's no Barfield or Clemeni or somebody out there now. Um, so what was the best all-star game, the game itself that you remember watching? Uh, the one where Reggie hit the transformer late. Yeah. That was in, that was in Tiger Stadium. Yeah. It was in Detroit. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we'll just real quickly look to the second half of the season. 
Um, and of course, the next big league-wide uh, uh, date is the trading deadline. So, do you think that the teams like the Tigers and the Reds and the Mariners, who were supposed to contend this year, will be sellers when it's all said and done at the trade deadline? You're saying the Tigers, the Mariners, and the Reds? I think the Reds certainly should be. They're very much in danger of becoming next year's Phillies uh, with people getting older and larger contracts. There are going to be people that disagree, but the sabermetrics darling Joey Votto is, has not done for the Reds what they paid him to do. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. I don't care how many times you walk when you're at the plate. If you're not on the field, it doesn't do you much good, um, and, which is something that sabermetrics pays no attention to. Uh, it doesn't matter how much you play. It's what you do when you play. Well, there's something to be said about being on the field. Yeah. Um, now, and, but they have, you know, if they don't get something for Cueto, you know, uh, and they're not going to get as much now as they could have. Uh, it's not like uh, you know, trading Hamels, uh, who has uh, service time. You're buying the service time. You lose Cueto next year. And yeah. right now they're going to lose him. Uh, and get nothing for him or, or very little. Uh, so, uh, you know, team's not going to – I mean, he's just going to help them over the hump. So I think the Reds should be. Whether they are or not depends on the people running the show. But Jockety right. has been pretty pretty shrewd guy in the past. Uh, it sounds like uh, ownership seems to be stopping things from happening there. I can't say – I'm not close enough to see that, but it looks like it. Uh, as far as the Tigers go uh, – they made just they 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 have made such a blunder. It's amazing that Dombrowski could be in any way involved. That they let Scherzer go and paid Verlander all that money. Verlander has how many wins this year? Oh, none. Well, uh, it, his contract was signed. You know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, two years earlier. Right. Uh, great foresight on their part. Uh, <laughs> the uh, ouch. That worked well, didn't it? You know, so yeah. let's let's don't sign the best pitcher in baseball. Let's yeah. sign one that we can't even figure out why. You know, uh, he can't get people out. Uh, the, uh, I mean, if they don't happen into JD Martinez, you know, where are they? Um, yeah, and they're they're not a fun team to watch right now, especially yeah. in that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and no. they have a lead. No, they're oh, not. God. They're not. Uh, Illich, though, hasn't been a seller. You know, it's not like the Tigers to throw in the towel. Uh, the Astros, is that what you said, the other team? Uh, well, I mean, the looking at the standings, the, the big question mark to me, even more than the Tigers, which I, I still sit in some bewilderment at just how poor they've been this year, um, even though we kind of predicted that it yeah. it, it, it would be in this in this, in this this area. Um, it's the Mariners. I mean, you know, I had the Mariners winning a hundred games and at, at, at present standing, they're like eight out in the division and seven and a half out well, in the wild card. So much uh, of the Mariners revolves around Stanton and with him not there. No, no, that's Marlins time. Uh, oh, Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Uh, the, uh, I, I don't want to blame it all on Cano, but they have, <laughs> it's hard gone, not to, yeah, they've gone out and you know, they, Oh, so they need somebody to hit behind him. And they go out and get somebody to hit behind him. And he is hitting. Uh, I mean, they've done everything 
that they seemingly needed to do, and he just has kind of dropped the ball, uh, both literally and proverbial. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not going to blame it all on him. Uh, and they still have the potential. They have such pitching depth that they can still make a push toward the end. We've already seen that division in baseball make just big changes. The Angels have come from way down and now are leading the, uh, that division. It's uh, things Stranger things have happened, so I'm not giving up on them yet. Yeah, King Felix is still as good as any starting pitcher around. Grinky's sure. having the year, but... Yeah, Grinky and Scherzer in the National League, but in the American League, it's like Felix and then diminishing returns beyond that right. almost. Um, you know, your your the the your pick for Cy Young, Taiwan Walker. Yeah, I hadn't quite done. It hasn't quite worked out, but he's looked a lot better as of late. Yes, he so, has. And that and oh, that, he still has great stuff. There's no getting around that. Oh yeah, and and it's he's he he's like our Fultonavich kind of conundrum. But um, if he he's to me the wild card on that team on that pitching staff um, that could that could make a huge impact. But you're absolutely right. If if Cano if like the likes of Cano and Morrison and they get absolutely nothing from the catching spot, um, you know, Zanino is, is yeah. not even close to the Mendoza line at this point. They might want to sell, you know, um, uh, that will remain to be seen. But uh, on the other side of things, are you uh, feeling the Astros and the twins and the Rangers as buyers teams that Astros, the twins and the Rangers? Yeah. Uh, those three in particular, cause they're, they're, I mean, the, 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 let's start with the Astros. They've, they've hit rough times recently. They've kind of come back down to earth, but they're still a half game out of first place. Right, and I think they've spent so long in a rebuilding process that they can't afford to be sellers to their fan base. Uh, they are finally giving their fan base something to cheer about this year, so they've got to continue that. They, they just can't uh, shift directions right now. Sure. And in that division, you know, they're still way ahead of the rest of the pack. Right. right. And, and, you know, with the, with the advent of the wild card, I, the, the second wild card, I should say, I heard this as well. I think from uh, the, the guys calling the Derby last night, how there's a push from some general managers to make the non-waiver deadline, like in the middle of August, as opposed to July 31st, because teams aren't, in theory, aren't knowing until that point, you know, just how far of a shot they are to make the postseason. Um, so I don't know. Would you would you be on board with something like that? Um, yes. Uh, not so much for the benefit of the general managers who are afraid their job is becoming more difficult, but strictly because uh, trades have always been a lot more interesting part of baseball than they are of other team sports. Maybe hockey's a little different. I don't. I can't say that. Right. Um, so, but so let's go to the Twins then. Um, twins, what an exciting team they are! They I take know. every extra base. They, uh, you know, they uh, are sacrificing for their team players. Their uh, the uh, Dozier has been a godsend to them. I don't know how much of this is Paul Molitor, but. Uh, this is a small market team that's seeming to play, seemingly playing way over their heads. You gotta love it. Yeah. Do you see this going through the rest through the second half? No, but uh, <laughs> the uh, sorry, Minnesota. No, I mean, no, I, I don't think they have uh, 
as enough talent to sustain this level of play, but it certainly is fun to watch right now. Well, that's true. But let's say, you know, a couple weeks from now, they're still in leading in the wild card because as, as of this moment, they're uh, in that second wild card spot. Should they be buyers? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Just like Kansas City should have been last year. You yep. look at what Kansas City getting into the playoffs, not just as far as they went, but what that did for that organization. Would it do the same thing for the lowly twins? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, New- Minnesota has been a good baseball town. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and they've got a just a by all accounts a great new ballpark. Yeah, I haven't been there, but it does sound like it, and they deserved it after the parks they've had. Oh yeah, jeez, and and that brings us finally to what about the Tampa Bay Rays? Once again, here's a team that everybody predicted to maybe win seventy games at best, and they were leading the American League East for a good while there. They're now right at five hundred. If you're Tampa Bay, are you a buyer? Hard to be a buyer when nobody comes to your games. Uh, I, you know, no matter how good you are or how exciting you are, uh, it's hard for me. Uh, I spent my youth, uh, the summers of my youth, in Tampa. And to see the Tri-City area not support a baseball team, it, it, they do have like an awful stadium, but uh, that, that's just a painful thing. I... Uh, the best thing that could happen to Tampa uh, is that they move to Montreal, yeah, or Las Vegas, you know, or somewhere. And I, I, I hate Puerto to say Rico. That's a long flight. Uh, <laughs> that's true. The, uh, but you know, maybe you do something with Miami. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, but, uh, and, and I also rather there was talk of doing this in basketball. Uh, and I think the Hawks actually played some games in New Orleans at one time. But uh, I don't have problems with a hyphenated team. Uh, a team oh, sure. Yeah, that, that was yeah. the Oklahoma City. When, yeah. yeah the, uh, I'm trying to think what basketball team that was. Well, I think the Hawks did play some games in New Orleans at one time. Yeah, uh, there, there, there was a— And it may have been Oklahoma City in New Orleans as well. Um, yeah, it, there was a team that was displaced by— the Hurricane Katrina that did that. Well, I'm trying to think. I've been New Orleans. <laughs> well, it, it, it was, but they the the whole reason they knew that. Yeah, it was okay. So it was New Orleans Hornets that year, and they were the New Orleans Oklahoma City Hornets. Right, right. And that paved the way for the Thunder to come to Oklahoma City. But I, I you know, maybe if you only had you know 41 games in a city that would draw more people. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, but. Um, Tampa needs to do something. Well, I my arms are wide open for them to come on to Atlanta and fill up Turner Field and starting in 2017. I've heard this before. I think that's an awful idea. Yeah, you think it is, but I beg to differ. We're talking more baseball. And you don't think that they would benefit more by going to Montreal than being a second team in Atlanta? Yeah, well, you got a good point there. I, that I cannot. Or Vegas. Argue with. The only reason it's not a team in Vegas because everybody's like, "Ooh, Vegas!" But shoot, we can do all the gambling we want right now on the computer. <laughs> this is true. Ah, God love the internet. Well, all right, well, Coach, it's good to be back. Good to see you again. Um, looking forward to the second half, and we got a lot of great stuff coming at you here on RunningTheBases.com. 
And you can always find this podcast uh, on SoundCloud, and you can download it on iTunes. So for Coach Bounds, uh, I am Tucker Wells, and for the Running the Bases podcast, we're coming into home. We're safe.